Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever time you're listening to this. Thank you for joining us. My name is Stephen McCarthy. This is the BLD Podcast. I am joined by my co-host, Justin Bauman. Justin, say hello to the folks at home. Hello, folks at home. Uh, you may not be at home. You may be in a car. You may be on a plane. You may be wherever. Um, this is our first edition of the BLD Podcast. We're very excited to be taking this over. Uh, I'm a lifelong Bills fan. Former season ticket holder, we have both lived in the Western New York area our entire lives, and we both write for thebuffalodown.com, and you know we're really looking forward to getting this thing rolling. Um, we're both very passionate about football and sports. Um, we both have sports management degrees from Niagara University, and I have my master's and sports administration from Canisius College. Justin, why don't you tell the people about your background? Uh, I come from a more on-the-field standpoint. Uh, I, I coach football at a high school level, and I also got my master's in athletic coaching. So um, when I watch the game, I don't really watch um, you know the ball much. I watch all eleven. Um, just you know, so when I when I talk football, I'll, I'll throw some uh, terms out there, but uh, I'm gonna do my best to to. Uh, Lay it out for you guys. How important do you think it is to specify that it's athletic coaching and not life coaching? What if you got a, accidentally got a degree in that? Is that a thing? Do you know? No, it's not a thing, and I am not one to tell someone how to live their life. Uh, I'm in shambles. I have a 13-month at home, so um, when I sleep, uh, I will not be going to sleep as a life coach. Fair enough. Okay, so the way we're going to break this thing down is we want to recap the Bills' season and how we want to set our format up is we're going to do it by quarters, much like you'd see in a football game. We'll go quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, quarter four. And if we ever have any interesting tidbits, we might take this thing to overtime. So we're going to start with quarter one. We're going to do our season recap, and we're going to start right now. So the Bills went 6-10. and ten. Um, You know, it was kind of an interesting year. Josh Allen was drafted seventh overall in the 2018 NFL draft and it was an interesting year to start uh he certainly wasn't ready but the quarterback battle was AJ McCarron, Nathan Peterman and Josh Allen Nate Peterman won it and it didn't last long you know he got into that first game against the Ravens and he kind of blew up um after that he looked like a guy that didn't have much experience and the season kind of got out of control after that I was very upset with the team and Coach McDermott after the Houston game because um, Nate Peterman threw that pick six to essentially lose the game for them. And, you know, Justin, I'm, I, just, I almost lost it on the team after that. But they kind of turned around. Um, what, did you, what did you think about the season to begin with? Well, it's always hard to uh, start a season, you know, allowing 47, and then you come home and you want to be dominant. And then the, the Los Angeles Chargers come in and pretty much do whatever they wanted. So um, I think the season kind of got turned around when uh, Josh Allen, you know, leapt over the defender. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the leap heard around the world, um, you know. And, you know, you thought at that point they would, you know, flip it around. They found a guy that could add a spark to it, and um, it just didn't happen. He got hurt, and uh, that's when Peterman came in in Houston. And, but going into the bye week, you got a late bye week in week 11, and they went into the bye week at three and seven, so um, it was a tough way to start. But they definitely rallied, uh, rallied around their their young quarterback and and turned things around a little bit. 
Yeah, it's impressive to see where Josh Allen came from to begin his year and how the team ended. Um, he kind of came the focal point of that offense. You know, he averaged almost 100 yards rushing for a couple weeks. He had a couple big games on the ground, started getting the game going in the air. He became the best player on that offense, which is saying a lot for a guy that wasn't expected to play this year to become the best player on an offense rather quickly. Um, I was really impressed with his progression, but overall the defense throughout the year, you know, they were top two, top three the entire season. Their pass defense was great. Their run defense was great. They had some shaky games here or there. I think the reason they let up a ton of see the defenses from year to year, it is hard to maintain uh, the high level of defense that you saw from this year's Bills team. Um, so, you know, they always talk about a championship window, trying to get a rookie quarterback in and surround them with pieces. Uh, the Bills are definitely entering that window. I'm not saying they're going to win a Super Bowl, but when you have a defense like that, you have a, a quarterback on a rookie uh, pay scale. Just like you're seeing with Jared Goff now with the L.A. Rams, they went all in. Um, the Bills can do that with their salary cap. And uh, it was clear, it was obvious that they needed some offensive weapons. Uh, I mean, there was plenty of games where they only put up, you know, 14, 12, 17, 13. Um, and that's not going to get it done in the NFL, even with that kind of caliber defense you have there. So uh, as an outlook for the season, they did just about as well as we thought we, they would, um, you know, with a rookie quarterback at the helm. Um, they could have won a couple more games, but I mean, their Charles Clay drop away from uh, being seven and nine, so uh, you can't fault them for that. No, and you know, there's I think towards the end of the season, you really started seeing the younger guys step up, and I really appreciate that about the coaching staff and the scouting department and Brandon Bean bringing in the younger guys. You saw Isaiah McKenzie, Robert Foster. I mean, on the defense, you had younger guys. Tremaine Edmonds was a day one starter, Matt Milano started. Trey White's butting into a star in his second year, and Jordan Poyer, Market Hyde are young guys. Um, Shaq Lawson's still a young guy, so there's there's building blocks there, and I think that that's gonna this team, this defensive mindset might be a little bit more sustainable than we think. You know, they're gonna have to replace Kyle Williams, uh, Lorenzo Alexander's getting up there, but the young keep uh, pieces are there, and you know they've. Fired a couple of people, Juan Castillo, Danny Crossman, Terry Robisky. They've replaced all of them, and I think the special teams is going to step up. There's going to be more, more coming from the rest of the team. Yeah, it's going to be a complete team from here on out, and uh, they definitely have the money to spend to do that. But uh, as a whole, this season uh, turned out pretty well, and they got a top 10 pick, so you can't complain about that. So that air horn means it is the end of the first quarter. And for the second quarter, what we want to do is we want to kind of piggyback of what we were just talking about and some of those young rookies. Um, I know you and I each have a rookie from each side of the ball that we really wanted to shed some light on and how they played and how their impact could be moving forward. So, you know, if you want to get started on the offensive side of the ball, why don't you take it away? Okay. Uh you know, all the hoopla is going to be made about the receivers scoring touchdowns and, and the quarterback throwing the ball. But I want to talk about the big uglies. Um, and there's, you know, there was a guy they drafted uh, from Virginia Tech who was a mauler. Uh, you know, Wyatt Teller. 
out of Virginia Tech who who came in uh, late in the season and really, I wouldn't say he solidified the offensive line, but he definitely helped uh, aid the resurgence later on in the year. So um, he came in week nine against the uh, Chicago Bears. Uh, obviously, they lost 41-9 to that game, but um, after that point, you know, they put up 41, 24, uh, 23, you know, 42, those kind of numbers. And uh, he helped with the run game and he helped protect that quarterback. And he also created lanes for the running backs and the quarterback. Um, you'll see on on film where he was just throwing guys. Um, I called him like a bouncer in the club. He was just throwing dudes out of there. And uh, when he pulls, he pulls angry. Um, and he is not afraid to get nasty and play into the whistle. And, and every team needs a couple of those guys. So uh, getting him in the fifth round when they did uh, definitely paid dividends this year. Yeah, and I think you, it can't be understated his impact moving forward. I, from what I heard, his I think it was his junior year, he was – said that he could be a second round pick second or third round pick and you know his consistency kind of dropped off and going into his final year uh VTech and it's good for the Bills I mean he fell down in the fifth round and he could be a starter moving forward and yeah his yeah his consistency was you know it, when you when you were in college it you know a lot of stuff happened right and these these kids, you know, they they're expected to be professionals on and off the field. But um, if you're if you're getting told that you're the big man on campus, uh, sometimes you're going to take a couple plays off, and that's what he did on film. You know, he was still angry, he was still playing mad, but uh, he took a couple plays off, and it hurt him. It hurt him in the wallet, and uh, he fell quite a bit in the draft. But uh, I think he landed in a perfect spot where they want to run the ball, and uh, and his his play going forward is going to be interesting to watch. Right, so I picked a little bit more of a glamour position. I went wide receiver. I went Robert Foster, undrafted free agent out of Alabama. And beginning with him surprisingly making their roster out of training camp, that was, I think, a shock to a lot of people. And he played six games and then got cut. And then he got signed to the practice squad, and I think that was a huge wake-up call for him because after that, his first game back against the Jets, he started – he had three receptions, 105 yards. Incredible. Then next game, two catches, 94 yards. Then against the Jets again, seven catches, 104. Then he goes for four for 108, and he has three touchdowns within there. Finishes the season, 27 catches, 541 yards, three touchdowns. I think he is now a favorite weapon of Josh Allen. I think he is young. He's fast. He's 6'2". He can move. He's still learning the position. He's still growing into things. I think he's going to be a, a nice asset down the line. I don't think he's a number one receiver. I think he could be a good number two, potentially a number three. But I think he's someone that can grow into this offense with Josh Allen, with the younger guys, with Zay Jones, with Wyatt Teller, with Deion Dawkins, and continue to develop this team. So, yes. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I just, I mean, I'm just a big fan of him. I, I liked him when they signed him end of the draft. So. Yeah, and he has no wear and tear on him. They didn't use him in Alabama, nope. and uh, and Dable, you know, knew what he had because he coached at Alabama with him for a little bit, and um, it kind of reminded me of when AJ Green went down, 
in Cincinnati a couple of years back, and Mohamed Sanu would step up and and really showed showed people that he could be a number one receiver. Yep. Um, I agree with you. I don't think he is a number one receiver, but when we saw him in person, uh, we went to the Detroit, Detroit game. game. Uh, he really shined. Pass, yeah. yeah, he really shined, and you know he did a good job of of getting separation, not with his speed, but with his body. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's something you know you just learn and learn and learn throughout the league, and uh, um, he'll be better in year two. And on the flip side, you know, there's another undrafted free agent from Alabama in Levi Wallace, and I saw something about a week or two left in the year that he was the second overall rookie graded cornerback out of the whole draft, including drafted players, undrafted, first round, second round. An undrafted free agent in Levi Wallace was second, and that just blows my mind. I think he, Sec- Second in what? Second in their in pro football focus ratings, whatever that means. Right, the the coverage ratings. Yeah, yes. So and he is he's not big. He's about six foot one eighty. He's not fast. Probably runs about a four six four seven. Um, but he is a good tackler. He's very sound fundamentally, and he's got long arms. He's going to be able to break up passes. And I think he's got an inside job or inside shot at starting opposite of Trey White next year. That could save the Bills an early draft pick. That could save them the hustle and bustle of trying to take someone like Greedy Williams at nine overall if he's there. I I would go crazy if they took a cornerback in the first three rounds. But I think he's <laughs> I, – I, that would drive me nuts. But I think he's got the inside job right now, and I think that's going to be great. And him and Teron Johnson are going to be very solid additions moving forward. Uh, yeah, and if you play defense for Nick Saban, you better uh, better know how to tackle. So uh, his his tackling is not going to be an issue. He's not gonna, he's not afraid to come up and and hit. So um, that's something definitely Sean McDermott loves to see in his corners. Yep. So um, who you who you got? We got a couple couple seconds here. Who do you think was the top defensive rookie? Listen, I'm going to say this. Uh, everyone's going to think of this draft as the Josh Allen draft, but this is the Tremaine Edmonds draft for me. Uh, he's a freak. He's a physical monster. Uh, you know, I saw him in person when he played for Virginia Tech, um, and he was the best player on the field, and he was 19 years old. So uh, he just turned 20 not too long ago, mm-hmm. um, meaning in year 10 he's only going to be 29 turning 30. Uh, so there's no reason why this dude can't be the best linebacker in the league uh, within the next three to four years. And Sean McDermott got his Luke Keekley when he drafted Tremaine Edmonds. Yeah, it's like a defensive end playing middle linebacker, which – it's just, it's baffling for, I, I can't imagine what it's like to be like a 10-year veteran on the offensive line of an opposing team, and then this 19-year-old comes in, he's bigger, he's faster, he's stronger, and he is a teenager, essentially. So, I just, I find that incredible. Dude, he was born in 98. It's absolutely bonkers. Which is he's, crazy, because I was born in 91. Yeah. So and I still I consider mean, myself relatively young. He's 6'5", 250, um, and he moves fast and he catches um pretty well for a dude his size and uh um you know obviously his brother got drafted by the Steelers but mm-hmm. uh I think he's going to be the better of the two and Definitely. I think he's he's going to be the he's going to be a pro bowler for the next uh 10 to 12 years so um this is the Tremaine Edmonds draft for me so that is the end of the second quarter for us um I think our, the rookie class from this year is going to go down as a huge, 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 huge class for the future of this team. You know, we just touched on it. They 
got their franchise quarterback. They got their franchise middle linebacker. They've got a potential long-term starter on the offensive line. They've got potentially couple corners couple corners um in the slot on the outside they've got a wide receiver um austin prohl and ray ray mcleod are kind of unknowns non, they're yeah. unknowns and non-factors at this point i don't even think prohl's on the team anymore or the practice squad but i know ray ray mcleod is um and harrison phillips can't forget harrison phillips especially this next year since kyle's retired I think that Harrison could have a bigger role depending on where the Bills go in the draft. So there's a there's a lot of potential for this draft class, and it's franchise-altering and defining, which, I mean, you said you just said that this draft class is about Tremaine and Edmonds for you, and, but I think to a lot of other people it's about number 17, Josh Allen. Yeah, and absolutely. that's where we're, that's where we're gonna start off the third quarter. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about what your thoughts on Josh Allen were as the year went on? <clears throat> yeah, so uh, I wasn't a big supporter of the Josh Allen pick. I was a See? big fan of Josh Rosen. Um, so when he was on the board, uh, I thought for sure that was the pick. Let me um, can I, let me just jump in real quick. I know yeah. I asked you to take it away, and then I jump in, yeah. but I think. Before the draft last year, you and I were huge on the Rosen hype train, and I don't think his personality would have fit. I think you and I can both agree that probably Sam Darnold from personality, playing style, all things considered, was probably their dream scenario. And then I think Baker Mayfield was a pipe dream for everyone else. But I think, you know, Josh Allen kind of fell into their laps and Neither neither of us were really hyped about him. I was the year prior, and and then I kind of fizzled on him because I watched a lot more tape and did a lot more studying on him. But again, please tell us why you like what you thought about Josh Allen without me interrupting again. Are you done stepping on me, man? Sorry, it's okay. been it's been a long all right. Day. Uh, just to uh, just to reiterate something, I did read that Baker Mayfield was their first choice. Well, um, wait, where did you read that? Because I will there was, find that, there, print it out, and put it on my wall. There was a reporter. I forgot where it was. It was on Twitter. The guy showed like a video or showed like a picture of the the draft board, and Baker Mayfield was up there. I don't know how real it was, um, but obviously, you see the way he acts with Freddie Kitchens. Um, you would think that would match well with Brian Dable yeah. as a college college coach coming up, and someone like Sean McDermott, who's all he does is want to win football games, and obviously that's what Baker does. But um, besides the point, back to Josh Allen. Okay, uh, everyone fell in love with him at the combine. He was wearing shorts. He had a big arm. You know, he was a big was kid. Huge hands. Okay, he ran quite well, and uh, he threw the ball through people's chests. Um, but once you turned on the tape, and once you saw him at the Senior Bowl, he was missing throws. Uh, so I was I dinged him quite a bit for that. Uh, I thought he was a second-round prospect. Obviously, you can't fault them for getting him in the first. Um, I thought for sure he had potential, uh, through-the-roof potential. I don't see, you know, people are comparing him to Cam Newton. I don't see that. I think he uh, is smarter than Cam, and he won't take certain shots uh, that Cam does. But um, Josh Allen, going into to first season, I thought for sure uh, if he had to start right away, it was going to be a train wreck. Um, and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a good start for him. Uh, obviously he shocked the world when he beat the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota. Uh, no one saw that happen. Holy guy. He jumped over six, five Anthony Barr, like a flipping gazelle. 
that's exactly what you want as your quarterback, somebody who hurdles someone. Um, and then, you know, uh, he progressed, and that's something you, you don't see a lot in rookie quarterbacks. Sometimes they shell up. You saw it in Josh Rosen this year. He took too many shots. He didn't have people to surround him, um, and he kind of shelled up a little bit. And and Josh Allen rose uh and got better and better and better throughout the season. Um, definitely encouraging. And, you know, obviously the GM came out today and said it's good to be outside the the quarterback search because uh, they got their guy. But, um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. I'm glad I was wrong uh, in year one of Josh Allen. But now there's tape out there on him, um, and I highly doubt teams are going to allow him to run for 100 yards every week. Uh, they're going to try to they're going to try to figure out ways. And now, uh, you know, people got the offseason to prepare for him. Well, I think something comes back to, like you just said, like people are going to watch the tape. They're going to know what to expect out of him. But teams are going to do what they try to do to Tyrod and make him be a quarterback. You're going you're to want to take away his legs and you want to make him use his arm. And Tyrod didn't want to make take like the big shot. He didn't want to put the ball in danger. And Josh is – he tries to play hero ball a lot. Because, I mean, this year he had to. Yeah. And – I think you get him some weapons and he won't have to do that anymore. You give him some time, more time to pass. He won't have to do that. And I think it's this year, or excuse me, going into 2019, it's going to be about building something around him because you've seen what he can do. And I don't think he was asked to do a ton of stuff at Wyoming. I think they just gave him bare minimum because he's doing things in the NFL that he didn't have to do at Wyoming. And he's, evolving and progressing and becoming something dangerous on a day in and day out basis oh stop it stop it what what do you that's, mean that's stop baker's it? that's baker's line don't okay, don't I didn't, dangerous okay i didn't okay i do and, love baker mayfield probably an unhealthy amount yeah well but, i'm glad you brought up the the wyoming coaching staff because uh it just shows the ineptitude uh that wyoming's coaching staff had when they had this guy who can run and you know, make plays with his legs, but uh, they put him in this old school offense where he just dropped back and he got the ball out real quick. I'm if the guy has an arm and can move, you want to bring him. You want to bring him outside the pocket. You want to roll mm-hmm. the pocket, um, and you want to give him shots uh, to go down deep. But I didn't see a lot of that at Wyoming, so I keep so I keep harking back to this college tape that made me think this guy was a certain thing, uh, and he turned out to be something totally different. So, you know, shame on Wyoming for using them the way they did. Um, and kudos to Buffalo for figuring it out. But, um, you know, looking at his stats, uh, yeah, their they're rushing stats are, are gorgeous. You know, it's something, you know, it's, that's an added bonus. That's it's an added weapon. It's not sustainable, though. You know, I, I not, think everyone yeah. knows that. It's not. And, um, you know, that's he's did he did a good job of making the defense uh, play defense against 11 players. A lot of teams can't do that. Phillip mm-hmm. Rivers isn't going to scare a lot of people, you know, when he's running the ball. And so is Tom Brady, that sort of thing. Um, but that's an added weapon. Also, I mean, he only had two games over a 60 percent completion rate. So it's something that I know there were drops. Um, but the ball, you know, the ball caromed or the ball uh, flew over receivers' heads, and um, that needs to be fixed. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's no doubt he's not a finished product yet. But I think the consistency of keeping Brian Dable and, you know, adding some new weapons, I think that's, it's only going to help him. Uh, he's, I think now that they understand what they have in Josh, that Dable can further 
develop a system around him, maybe spread him out a little bit more, maybe go three wide all the time, tight end and a running back, so that way he doesn't have to probably read too much of the defense. He can just kind of drop back and sling it. Um, yeah. And I'd like to see – he he has a great – He was I think he was leading the league in, like, uh, yards per pass attempt. It was, like, above 10 or something along those lines. I'd love to see a screen game, uh, like – short shots over the middle like kind of like the patriots do because it's the same system yeah just use utilize your weapons the same way so yeah uh plus he's the same size as tremaine embits there's that that certainly that that helps a lot Um, there's that which is crazy you have two freaks at i know either side you know and that kind of wonder like what what are they going to do in the draft like are they i think they are so they believe in themselves so much as to Okay, do we just pick athletes and then coach them? Because you look at Edmonds. Well, they draft. They drafted the two biggest freaks in last year's draft. Yeah, and absolutely. Well, that like there's guys in this draft like DK Metcalf who is an absolute insane human freak human being at six four two twenty five and runs a four five four four. For Are you prematuring starting the fourth quarter right now? I'm segueing. I believe. Oh, okay. That. I believe okay. that is the correct terminology. But okay. I thought thank you, Justin, for yeah. having me point out um, what exactly I'm doing. That kind of ruins the whole thing. It is so, what it is, man. So good job to you. Our fourth quarter. We're gonna wrap it up by talking about team needs. And I care about you. I care about you too. Thank you very much. Um, Justin and I played pickup basketball for the first time in like six or seven weeks today. Because yeah. the last time we played, I sprained both my ankles. We're it, was, it was it was so sad. You can't it was be like mad at it. It was like you were you know you were a fragile fragile little china doll, and and you broke your last little spirit. And I saw you age like thirty years while sitting on the ground. Yeah, that happened. Yeah, it was sad. Yeah. But we did well today, three and zero, college boy. Um, Woo! So like we said, team needs. Uh, I was kind of alluding to it, and DK Metcalf, who is going to be. Arguably the top wide receiver in this year's draft. Um, I know there's guys like Nikhil Harry, Hakeem Butler, I believe it is, from Iowa State. Better get it right. Get it right. That's your boy. Um, I know. So I think that we'll start off there. Uh, Wide receiver is obviously a huge need for this team. Um, I don't know. I really don't know what I want them to do there. Uh, They they should certainly draft someone within the first two rounds. Or I would love for the team to trade back, but we'll get back into that. Um, I don't think the wide, the free agent wide receiver class is that good. I think the 2020 wide receiver draft class, though, is could rival the 2014 wide receiver class with Sammy Watkins, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham Jr., guys like that. I think 2020 is going to be a big year, so they could always go there. But we're talking about this year. Um, wide receiver, offensive line, defensive line, tight end i think those are your top four needs uh punter if you're feeling frisky but do you have any what's your most important position of need well they got to bring back mormon let's be honest that's true they should just cut everyone else or trade for my boy tressway hey uh so i think you know if you if you look at the track record when teams draft a uh, quarterback uh they usually want to surround him bring him some security uh typically what they'll do is they'll they'll draft a receiver along with them um or they'll draft a tight end or an offensive lineman along with them but uh the bills didn't do that and you know Josh Allen was subjected to a lot of hits so um 
I think the Bills have to take multiple linemen in this draft class uh, to fill spots because there are a couple linemen in free agency, but if you overpay for the wrong linemen, it's just not a right fit. Uh, that's a lot of dead cap, and the Bills are just getting over that. So uh, you got to find some sure things when it comes to the free agent market. But uh, you know, I think it's very important that they go get uh, multiple linemen this offseason um, to secure that to secure that line. And uh, it was clear with the. You know, Indianapolis Colts this year, how important it is to find a line and secure that quarterback because they made it to they had that playoff run because of their offensive line. Well, Andrew Luck didn't get sacked for I think like six weeks or something along those lines. But and now that's you know that's astronomical odds of that happening again. But uh, But, I mean, you take Quentin Nelson at six, who's probably going to be a Hall of Fame left guard. Then you take Brandon or um, who's the guy from Auburn? Braden Smith. Braden Smith, him. Took him in the second round with one of the Jets picks that they got. So two high picks there. You're developing that. I would like to see them maybe go after the Denver center um, in free agency if he makes it. I think Matt Paredes, I believe his name is. Yeah. Um, And then they'll probably go after the right tackle from Carolina. Daryl? Daryl Williams? Yes, probably him. Um, And I... I wouldn't mind them doing that because those guys are still relatively young, but they're proven. As for the draft, you know, if they're picking at nine and Jonah Williams or Cody Ford out of Oklahoma are there, I would take either one of those. I know you're a little skeptical about Jonah Williams because of his tape. I, a lot of the guys that I trust that I follow on the draft say he's going to be just fine. You can just kick him into guard. You can put him at right tackle. He'll be okay. So if he's there, I would like him. If him... Cody Ford or Ed Oliver are at nine. I'm staying there. If not, I'm trading back. I'm getting some picks. I think tight end, this is an extremely, extremely, extremely deep tight end class. Um, I would trade back and try and get one of those guys like Noah Fant. I think he's a difference maker. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, I believe his name is the other Iowa tight end. He's an absolute freak. Um, There's so many guys. You can probably get a guy like Hakeem Butler in the 20s. You can get a guy like Anthony Johnson potentially in the third round. So there's definitely tons of options there. At any of those positions, I think you're go- you're going to be fine with this draft. You can pick pick up a wide receiver. You can pick up an offensive lineman. It's incredibly deep event along the defensive line, and tight end is incredibly deep. So I think you'll be fine no matter where you're picking. Yeah, so uh, we'll talk about it obviously uh, more in depth when we get closer to the draft and stuff. But uh, this is a very – top heavy defensive draft um but the offensive skill positions and the linemen uh there are quite a bit of second and third and fourth round guys uh available that are going to be available uh in the fourth and fifth and sixth just because of the wealth of defense of talent there is so um i'm not saying the bills should just you know neglect the defensive side of the ball um like you touched on i think ed oliver is a, a generational uh, type player when he's on. He's so, he's Aaron Donald like not from Aaron Donald is an absolute monster because he is probably he's what like six one like three hundred pounds. Yeah, but he's, he's so built like quick. a wall. Yeah, yeah, he's so quick. He's so strong. And you know Ed Oliver is six four, but he's only like two seventy eight. But he is so strong. He is he does three cone drills faster than run some running backs. So that's a guy. Even though I think I would love for them. To work on the offense if you can if a guy like that is sitting at nine staring you in the face you have to take him because he is yeah. going to be a difference maker and this team i think a sneaky need is pass rusher because jerry hughes is getting old trent 
Murphy didn't do a ton. Shaq Lawson's not the pass rusher we thought he would be. I think if you get Ed Oliver, he's not only a run stuffer, he's a pass rusher from the inside, and I think that takes care of two needs in one. So that's my yeah, opinion. Yeah, I mean, and you, and you need to – you need to stop doing the whole I'm going to reach for this player because it's a team need stuff. Like uh, those teams usually, you know, they keep going six and ten because they're reaching for guys that shouldn't be picked in uh, the first or second round. So um, sometimes you just got to take the best player available. And in a team like the Bills that have a ton of money uh, to play with in free agency, uh, they can fix their board however they want because there's a lot of holes in this team. Yeah. Um, and just because the defense was as good as it was, uh, it doesn't mean that you you shy away from it. Look what the Giants did for so long; they just they just kept accumulating pass rushers, mm-hmm. uh, and you can never have too many of those. No. Uh, so, so a guy like Ed Oliver there, or you know, if a if a if a freak falls like you know Farrell from Clemson, or um, you know, like Josh the the Josh Allen yes. from Kentucky, I think uh, you know any yeah. anything anything like that. You gotta jump on it. You can't be, you know, you can't be just taking, you know, Jonah Williams just because we need a lineman. Um, so, yeah, that's that's definitely gonna be fun to watch because of how much money they have to play with, um, and they could really shape the board however they want depending on what they do in free agency. Right. There's, I mean, with almost eighty or ninety million dollars in cap space, and then you're picking ninth overall, and if the quarterbacks start going early, someone could fall. But if Dwayne Haskins goes and Drew Locke goes and then Kyler Murray's sitting there and someone wants to jump up and take him, you can trade back. And I think, you know, the Bills are sitting in a fairly ideal spot for what they what they want to do. And now that they have quarterback off their list, they've got middle linebacker, they've got a corner, um, they can just, like you said, take best player available and just build a team. And I'm, yep. I'm excited to see – where they're going to go. I think they're moving in the right direction. Uh, I started drinking the Kool-Aid when they made the playoffs in 2017, and now we're here. And we're in the Josh Allen era. We're in the McBean era. And I'm here for the ride. I'm excited. And, God, I hope they're good. Isn't it crazy you're more excited now than than after the playoff game? Yeah. The playoff game was – Okay, like great, we made it. The monkeys off the back. We're like, but we're not here. Like, what was the I, score of that game? Ten to three. Yeah, it was something like and then, ten to six or something. Yeah. Then Nate Peterman. Good stuff. Came. I remember like the fifth string tight end for the Jaguars caught a touchdown pass, and I almost threw mm-hmm. something through the TV. Hey, he's gone. Listen, man, no more nightmares about Nate and Peterman. I'm so happy about that. Oh my God! It's... God bless, God bless McBean for finally waking up and just saying enough's enough, and then giving him to Gruden because you know Gruden's gonna love it. Oh my God, Gruden! Did you? Well, Gruden was like, "Yeah, he's the most pro ready. He's the best quarterback coming out of love that class." It. It's like, oh God, John. Yeah, John's yeah. gonna trade all three of his first round picks for like Jimmy Graham. I love it. I love so, it. So, all right, that's it for us. Um, thank you for joining us on our first episode of the BLD podcast. Um, It's been a pleasure. As Justin alluded to a little bit ago, once the draft comes along, we will dive in deep. Um, We'll have several mock drafts up on the BLD website. Look for our articles. Um, We appreciate your support. We look forward to getting to know you guys and giving you the best content that we can. So, Justin, go let your wife do homework because she's a nerd. (laughs) 
go take yeah. care of your child. I'm going to play Madden. So Well, don't say it. Listen, my wife my wife is is 27 years old. Let's not pretend like she's some some young some young person doing homework, okay? She's got a head on her shoulders, man. She's going for her degree. How dare you? How dare you, Stephen? Um Anyhow, uh, listeners, don't be what? afraid to leave any comments or anything like that. Uh, you know what you want to want us to talk about next and all that stuff, and uh, or if you have any questions. So uh, please do not be afraid. We love feedback, positive or negative. Be nice. Uh, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you, everyone. Talk to you next time. Go Bills. <laughs>